good morning again. Um, if you will, open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 1. I've been preaching through a series of messages, and we're going to continue that on vision. The Bible says, without vision, the people perish. And we have gone through, and we are trying to catch a vision for unity, and for prayer, and for ministry. And today, we want to try to catch a vision for outreach. I don't know if you've noticed on the front of your uh, bulletins uh, some of the things that have happened here this summer so far. The beginning of the summer, um, right at the, the, the end of May, right before Memorial Day weekend, uh, school went out and there was an all-night activity with uh, uh, middle school kids, and the middle school kids came here for lunch, or for breakfast, I'm sorry, and that morning about 15 kids raised their hand to receive Christ as their Savior. Um, Father's Day, we started Vacation Bible School at Big Cypress Seminole Reservation. And throughout that week, we had six people get saved. This last week, our team of uh, uh, Blake, our intern, Blake Vi, and, and then uh, Ben Catapang, Gretchen, my daughter, and uh, Mafalda, one of our college students, they were all at camp with a bunch of kids, and I kind of went up and back a little bit, but I was not in, uh, I did not take away from what they were doing because they were the primary ministers, and four kids came to know Christ. If I, if I add that up right, that's like 25 kids coming to Christ in a little over a month. That's really good. That's what we're supposed to be doing. If you look around and read statistics through church, uh, manuals and, and publications and stuff, you'll find some people will say that 80% of the churches in the United States are in decline. Um, I've read some other things that, well, it's only about 65% are in decline. There's another 10% or so that are um, just stagnant, and then there's some that are growing. The ones that are growing, though, are not new converts. They're mostly people who are coming from those churches in decline to the bigger church. Western Europe is worse than us. We are now a target for missionaries. The United States of America is a target for missionaries because we have one of the largest unevangelized populations in the world. I think, I think the figure we heard yesterday is, what, third? If you take North America, third most uh, unevangelized people in the world. You're going, well, how can that be? There's churches everywhere. And there are. And we got Christian radio, and we have this, and we have that. And can I tell you all something? I, I think there's several reasons that we're in decline. One, I think, is uh, we have missed the boat on what's happening around us. We are so closed in to our Christian communities, and we uh, are so isolated that we don't look around at what's happening around us in our culture. Or we're very, very afraid of our culture, and we don't want to go out there with those people, but those people are the ones that Jesus commanded us. In fact, we were once one of those people. The other is that, that um, we have a hard time accepting those who aren't like us. We want them to 
reform themselves before they come to church. I don't know about you, but that just doesn't make sense. So this morning, I want to talk to you about catching a vision for outreach. Acts 1, let's start reading verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his power. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which said also, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye there gazing into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up to you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Let's pray together this morning. Father, as we uh, come to you this morning and open your word, just ask, Father, that you will empower me with your Holy Spirit this morning to, to preach clearly and to, um, to expound your word. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit will open hearts to receive the word that's preached this morning. Father, that we will catch a vision, a vision for all those out there who need to hear the message of the gospel. Ask, Father, that you meet with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's the, the funny thing about this thing called outreach. We're commanded to do it. <laughs> we are just commanded to go out and to share the gospel with all peoples. It says here that we're to start in Jerusalem. Now, for us to start in Jerusalem, that'd be a little bit difficult. But those guys were in Jerusalem, so that's where they're going to start. And then they were to go to the next place, Judea, and then Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the world. We are the uttermost part of the world. But if we take this, this verse and we bring it forward to now, we need to start here in Port Charlotte. That's where we live. Port Charlotte, Punta Gorda, Charlotte County. And we need to kind of expand out into the state. And then from there, the country, and then the world to the uttermost parts of the earth. And the thing is, is that Jesus has commanded that. First thing I want you to like, I'd like for you to notice this morning is the Lord's power. The Lord's power. Matthew 28, which is kind of a parallel part of this, says this, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's an interesting word there, the word power. A Greek word, you know, exousa. It means that he has the authority and the right and the privilege to give orders. He has authority over all mankind. I want you to understand this. That person who has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the gospel has the authority to do so. 
Let me give you some reasons why he has authority. One is he made everything. You know, he's the creator. All things were created for by him and for him. Colossians tells us that. He is the creator. He is God Almighty. He is the Prince of Peace. He has the authority. Not only does he have the authority just from those things, but he has the authority because he has purchased us back with his blood. So here's the thing. If we're not being obedient in this thing of outreach, we are just rebelling against the authority of Almighty God. This is going to be a tough message because I'm very, very, very passionate about outreach. It just, that's really where my heart is. So I'm going to try not to get so passionate that I get you guys to scare y'all. But I was in the military and I understood something about authority. When authority tells you to do something, you got to do it. Okay? And I, and, and I had some bad authority over me. I had some sergeants that weren't too bright. And, um, but I had to obey them. I've had other things in my life where you have an authority that's over you that may not be the brightest bulb, may not be the greatest boss. But because he has that authority, you have to obey that authority. But let me tell you something. The power that the Lord Jesus has, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, is complete. He is the greatest boss ever. He does know what he's doing. He has told us to go out and share the gospel everywhere. He has the power, the authority to command us to do so. When we don't obey that command, well, I don't know. What would you call that? Not only do you, I want you to see his power, but I want you to see his provision. One eight says, uh, once again, he says, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's interesting, this word power is different than the one in Matthew 28. This word, Greek-wise, is dunamis. We get our word dynamite out of that. And it means that we have strength and the ability the inherent power because the Holy Spirit. It gives us the power to perform miracles. Blake, you were a miracle worker this week. You dealt with middle school boys all week long. Y'all haven't ever, if you've never had that privilege, it can be challenging. Lord has provided us with the power to do what he has commanded us to do. You know, I, I've been around a, a lot, and I've been told to do things. There's just no way in the world I could ever make that happen. I didn't have the, the money, the tools, the I didn't have the power to be able to do it. But the great thing about the Lord Jesus is that when he gives us a, a command, he has the authority, but he also gives us the provision. He gives us the way to do it. He's endued every believer with the Holy Spirit, and we have the power, the ability to go out and carry out those things which He's asked us to do. 
Not only that, I want you to look at the Lord's promise. He's promised to return. Acts 1, 9 through 11. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up in heaven? i got to tell you something. Those guys must have just been a little sarcastic. Those angels that were talking to the disciples. Because if you and I were standing there, I'd be just like the disciples. I've just watched Jesus rise up into heaven to a cloud. I'm going to be standing there with my mouth open going. Don't you, can't you just see those guys doing that? And then the angels go, hey, why are you looking up into heaven? There had to be a little sarcasm there. Probably a lot of sarcasm there. The answer, though, the great answer is, hey, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you in heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. There's the great promise. This is the promise. This is our hope, is that Jesus Christ is coming back. You see, he just didn't leave us here. He, 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 he's given us a command to do something while he's gone. He's given us the provision and the power to do that, and he's promised to come back. John chapter 14. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and ye know the way. <laughs> There's a great promise there. He's coming back. Now think about this. Created this world in six days. It's been couple thousand years, I wonder what this place he's preparing us is going to be like. Can you imagine? No, I can't imagine. I read about the streets of gold. I read about the river running through. I read about the, the trees. And I realize that our Savior is preparing a place for us, a dwelling place for us who know him. And though he's left, he's coming back to take us to that place. What an incredible thing. I know in the King James it says mansions and some of the other versions it will say dwelling places. I don't know that the English word mansion, I don't know if there's a word that will describe what he has prepared for us. Beyond our imagination. The promise though is he's coming back. And folks, we don't know when that is, but we know he's coming back. We need to be ready for that. One more thing. He's given us the promise of his presence. Back in uh, Matthew 28, remember it said this, 28, 20 says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And back Acts 1, 8 again, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We have the very presence of Christ with us through the Holy Spirit. 
He is with us. We are not here doing it by ourselves. John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. John 16 gives a whole list of the things the Holy Spirit is going to do. The, pro the point I want to get to you is that the Holy Spirit is dwelling within us. We have the very presence of God with us. We have power. We have promises. And we have His presence. So why are we not out obeying that command He's given us? In fact, we have got to reach out to this world with the gospel. And here's how we do it. First, we just obey the command of Jesus. Mark 16, 15 puts it the most simple way. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. John 20, 21. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Folks, he's asked us to go. No, he's not asked us. It's not a suggestion. He's commanded us to go. It's just a simple fact. Are you going to obey him or not? Are you rebellious? Are you compliant? It, it, it really is comes down to that. I know we want to try to twist things and, and, and spin things, and I know we live in a time where everybody wants to spin, but this is pretty black and white. You either go or you don't. You either share the gospel or you don't. You're either obedient or you're not. I wonder if one of the reasons were that Christianity is in such a decline, not only are we not doing outreach, but, you know, they know, the world knows that we're supposed to. That we are supposed to be sharing the gospel, and they see us not doing it. They see us getting involved in everything but sharing the gospel. And they just think we're a bunch of hypocrites. Oh, you say you love Jesus. Well, if you love Jesus, you're going to obey what he says. A lost person understands that. Why is it that we who claim the name of Christ don't get that? I know some of the things that we are asked to do are very difficult. But sharing the gospel is not. It's not. So if we are going to share the gospel with the world as we're commanded to do, we just need to obey. It's simple. I know my kids, I expected them to obey as I, as I brought them up. Oh, Friday on my way back up to camp, I stopped and saw my grandson. Well, he's a wonderful little kid. <laughs> I'm not proud a bit. Um, but that... It's funny because I was sitting there, and, and all week long, his cousins had been there. Um, Katie, Zach and Katie had been taking care of Matt and Julie McNaughton's uh, children. We support Matt and Julie. They're church planters up in the Middleburg area of, of the state. And um, they had gone to a church planning conference in Canada. And so Zach and Katie were, were taking care of the kids. And uh, poor little EJ, he's the youngest. His cousin Merritt's a year older than him. Two to, I mean, their birthday's the same day. And then Colton's, like he's like five. 
And so all week long, he's had all these kids running around with him. And he's had to share mom and dad. And, and then, But Papa got there. And Ezra woke up, and he came over, and I got him, I put him on my lap, and he just kind of curled up there and put his head on my belly. Nice pillow. And he snuggled in, and I, you know, I just spent time loving on him and rubbing on him, and, and uh, I just had a great time. But my son teaches him some things. Like, he doesn't like a kid that whines. So when Ezra starts to get whiny, Zachary shakes his finger and says, No, sir. No, sir. He won't let him whine. And Ezra's learned to obey that. My kids used to whine. I used to say, Try it up. I got that from somebody, probably my dad. Here's the thing. We need to obey. Just simply obey what Jesus has asked us to do. And as we are obeying him, secondly, we need to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, it's scary to go share the gospel with people. I don't know about you. I, uh, from the time I was in high school, I did a little bit of construction work. I worked a couple nights as a dishwasher. And I thought, man, there's got to be a better way to, to make a living. So I learned how to sell. It's a great skill. If anybody is a salesman, you understand that you can make a lot of money selling. You learn all those techniques, and it's usually pretty clean. And it's not so difficult, right? It's good. So I learned how to be a salesman, and I didn't have any problem knocking on doors, going and, and cold calling people. I didn't have any problem with that at all. Boy, I tell you what, though, when it came to go to share Christ with somebody, to go knock on a door to, to tell somebody about Jesus or to say anything at all scared me to death. You know why? Because we have opposition. But you know how you can overcome that fear? Because Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit. We have the power. We just have to depend on that power. We have to depend on the power that God has given us. The power of the Holy Spirit. He will allow you to do all sorts of things. Not allow, He will enable you to do all sorts of things. There are so many things we can do within the power of the Holy Spirit. And this isn't some weird, crazy, funny type thing. The Holy Spirit, you go back to John 16, and it tells you that He has given us the power to share the gospel. Because he convicts the world of sin. He, he does the things that he does enables us to share the gospel with people. We depend on his power. And lastly, <laughs> and this is where I'm going to park for a little while, this last point. Well, maybe it's just a sub point. The methods of outreach. I want you to know something. Acts 2.41, Holy Spirit's come. It's been the uh, day of Pentecost, you know, and there were tongues of fire coming down, and the, the uh, disciples started speaking in languages that they didn't know, but all the people around knew the language. It'd be like uh, a great assembly of people from all over the world and that's exactly what was happening. 
And all of a sudden, people started talking that didn't know your language, but they were talking in your language even down to the very dialect. That's what happened that day on the day of Pentecost. That was an unusual thing happening. That was an unusual method. And the Bible says that 3,000 were saved that day. Acts chapter 4, it says that about 5,000 people got saved. And what had happened there is that Peter and John go by and they heal this guy that's been crippled for years and years and years. They heal him. Acts 17, you see Paul, he's in Athens and, and that's where people love, they, they are going up on Mars Hill and that's where people like to debate, you know, and, and talk their politics and talk their religion and they get all this stuff going. And, and Paul looks down and says, you guys are superstitious. You have a... a you have a uh, monument to the unknown God. I want to tell you who that unknown God is. Folks, what I'm trying to get to you is there are many methods to reach out to people. I know that sometimes we get stuck that this is the only way. We can only go door to door. There was a time when we went door to door. Brother Dennis, remember up in Jacksonville when, there, when we were at Trinity and there'd be 700, 800 people stand up and say they're going to go out on visitation? You know, all those people around Hammond just got sick of that because the same they got their door knocked on every week. And they'd yell at you when you came. <laughs> they did get smart and start giving maps and trying to get people to saturate the city. But even that kind of give up. Uh, give up. I'm not sure that door-to-door is real good anymore because we have several cults that do door-to-door. And even when I semi-have an appointment, I've had people have come to the door with a gun in their hand. Yeah. We live in a weird time. I'm not sure that I wouldn't come to the door with a gun in my hand, too. Somebody knocks on the door I wasn't expecting. Some of you know exactly. Some of you are laughing because that's what you do. Um, so I'm not sure that door-to-door is the, 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 the best method anymore. We've had bus ministry. Man, bus ministry was great. I knew Cynthia was going to be the girl for me after uh, a big day at Trinity. I had 100 people on the bus. Well, some were drive-ins, but they're all part of my bus route. And Cynthia helped with that. It was huge. And then uh, a man named Tim Tutton asked her if she would stay and work afternoon Sunday school. Afternoon Sunday school is when they just, they would load bus after bus after bus with kids from the ghettos and bring them in. And it could be wild. And she stayed and did all that stuff. I said, this is a good girl. <laughs> She's going to... I just think she was too timid to say no. But bus ministers are great ministry. Man, thousands, millions have been saved through that. But we also live in a place where I don't know if I got on a bus and went knocking on doors saying, hey, can, you bring your, can I bring your kids to church with me? If they'll say yes or not. Probably not in this neighborhood. Maybe some of the other neighborhoods. So what are we going to do? What type of methods can we do? Today we're on the back table where it says catch a vision for outreach. We have a thing we do called grow. We're asking to put together four teams. Four teams of people who are willing to write letters, make visits, make some phone calls once a month. We ask for one hour. Now we used to ask for two hours, but that was considering your travel time. I just want one hour of service a month. That's 12 hours a year 
for outreach. That's one of the ways you can serve. We're getting ready to send out, I think it's 675 letters. 800. 800 letters. Yes. We have one person that did over 700 of those letters. Just a little card, just a little note in there. Put, it a, put a, a track in the card. We're just greeting people who are moving into the neighborhood. There's people in here right now that are here because they got one of those cards. But we could, everybody could do that. I know when I was here before, there was a man, Mr. Toothhill. He could barely write. He, it took him forever. His hands were all mangled up from arthritis. But he would write letter after letter after letter. And just give him a stack, and he'd do them, then come home and, and come back, and he'd get another. We all can write some letters. That's a great way to introduce the gospel to somebody. Some of y'all are great with your phones. You love to get on the phone and talk to people. Well, there they have a place for you to do that. And here's what we do. When we do a, a visit for someone, we need that to be, before we go on a visit, we need to set that up so that folks know we're coming and we're not surprising them and they're not pulling guns on us. Okay? Those are just some of the ways that we can do. We have a core project. When God allows that to come through, and by the way, we're still working toward getting the permits. The environmental stuff is unbelievable. It takes forever. When we started this project, I knew it would take at least a year to get through it. It's taking more than a year. Just We haven't even got to the place of permit. We're almost ready to go to DRC. But we've had to go through all the environmental stuff, and they're getting really sticky on that. But there will be a day when we can develop those fields out there as a place for people to come, and we'll have an opportunity to win people there. I'm not in a hurry. When God allows that to happen, that's fine. We have other ways. We have a good news club. We need help in the good news club. In fact, on the ministry side, there's a place to sign up for good news club. We go to Neil Armstrong Elementary School. We give the gospel every week from October to April to little kids, young children. And they receive Christ as their Savior. And they get discipled. And they, get, they learn and they grow. somebody's adventuresome on Thursdays we go to Port Charlotte Middle School that only lasts about an hour and a half you can only handle about an hour of middle schoolers when there's 60 to 80 of them but we love on those kids kids get saved we go to high schoolers hey listen we're going to be out doing concessions for Port Charlotte High School and we have an opportunity there as we are presidents are there. Let, let me explain why we do some of these things. Sometimes you have to earn the right to share the gospel with somebody. You see, we're reaching the world through building relationships. But sometimes we must earn the right because of all the things that have gone on, all the hypocrisy, all the weirdness of this world. We need to show that we really care and you're not just another check mark. But we care, so we earn the right. We're going to go to Port Charlotte High School work in sessions of football games. They're going to see our presence there. We're going to have the opportunity to share the gospel with people there. Vacation Bible School. Wow. That's a great place. Wednesday night, we can, we're getting ready to start one on Wednesday nights in a couple weeks on Rome, and we need some help. I need somebody to play Paul. All you got to do is sit and play a little, uh, a little part. I need some folks in the 
that work will work in their marketplace. You get, we'll give you a costume. You can dress up. It's fun. If you like to go to costume parties, this is fun. We'll dress you up. It's a way to get the gospel out. You know one of the other ways? Just invite people to church. The simplest way, share your faith, invite somebody to church. Maybe it's handing out a, a gospel tract. When you go to the grocery store, just hand one out. Maybe, but if you do that, smile and be nice to them. <laughs> it is amazing. I've, I've seen some of the things I've seen and witnessed before. People with the most sour, grouchy look, and then they go, here, take this. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure I want what you have. <laughs> we have plans for more outreach, working with some people to help us to do more and more. And you know what? Some of y'all have some ideas. Some of you have, will have ideas. Well, I can reach people this way. I can share the gospel this way. By the way, we're not commanded to win them to Christ. We're commanded to share the gospel. We're commanded to tell them how their sins can be forgiven. A lot of people don't know they don't understand how simple it is. Well, simple for us. But the God of the universe, this one who has the power and authority, he came and lived a perfect life and laid that life down, shed his blood to pay the penalty for our wrongdoing. And if we will admit that we are wrong and we will turn from our ways to him, and ask him to forgive our sin, he will do so. And then he will empower you to go out and tell others what he has done for you. You see, it's that simple. It's making disciples who will make disciples. Loving God, loving people, making disciples who make disciples. That's what outreach is all about. We're here this morning. This is a rough message, I know. It really is. Because nobody likes to be pointed out that you're disobedient. But listen, why don't we get obedient? Why don't we start obeying God and sharing the gospel any way, every way we can? I was looking for our, for our uh, vision statement. I didn't realize y'all took those down. Um, we are, our vision here is to reach the world through the building of relationships. To do that, we are going to invest our lives and invest our treasures in building a church. A Bible-centered church. A spirit church. That's what a body of believers is. By the way, this is on your, your outline at the top. And we're going to be examples of Christ's love and why as we're doing that, we'll glorify God. So here it is. Will you catch a vision for outreach? Let's bow our heads for prayer. In just a minute, I'm going to we'll have a, an invitation time. That's a time where you can come and you can make decisions. You can come to the altar and pray. If you'd like to find out how you can know heaven's your home, 
you can come and someone will take a Bible and, and work with you through that. Maybe that you need to catch a vision for outreach. You can sign up for Grow or you can, you can come up with other things and come and talk to me. You can go to the ministry area, catch a vision for ministry, and there's all sorts of needs that we have in this church from music. If you want to be involved in music of any type, go sign up under the music. Uh, if you want to help the guys in the sound booth and learn the audiovisual, some of you may have abilities that can be put to use. We need some guys to come in and help pull weeds and paint and if you guys know the, the, the playground's been being repainted, we're going to redo that and it's going to look nice. You're here this morning during this time of invitation. Whatever God is dealing with you about, now's the time to answer it. Now's the time to be obedient. If you're here and you need to receive Christ as your Savior, please give us the honor of showing you from the Bible how to do that. Catch a vision for outreach. That Lord that saved you has commanded you to go. And there's great needs all around us. Let's pray. Father, as we are here this morning, may we learn to simply obey you. Lord, may we depend upon your power, the power of the Holy Spirit, to share the good news with those around us. Father, may we truly receive it as good news. And Lord, may we glorify you in all that we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'll stand, we'll play this verse of invitation, a couple verses, a song.